play the fight song. Welcome back into the Play the Fight Song podcast. The fellows from the Play the Fight Song podcast are pumped and ready to bring you coverage for all Power 5 and Group of 5 conference championships for this weekend. Schaefer, Reese, Parks, myself all here. We've got a couple of things that we want to cover before we jump into all that. we got hirings, firings, and other little tidbits around the college football world that we feel that is worth your attention. I don't know if you've been looking on Twitter or on 24-7 sports or other places, but the transfer portal is officially blowing up. It doesn't open until the 4th or 5th, but names have flown in there. And I think we got in a little discussion today about the old Cam Ward situation. Um, allegedly and reportedly, Cam Ward has had four or five offers worth a million dollars thrown his way from Power 5 programs. Now, I think we're all going to assume that those are your bigger programs like your A&Ms, your Florida's. Um, so on and so forth. Guys that are going to need quarterbacks with graduation or draft eligible guys. Are we that surprised? No, but I think we have opinions on it, right? Parks like Wazoo, if you're Cam Ward, like you came from an FCS level, you kind of make your name at Wazoo, you kind of build this season and it goes downhill on the back end, but you're still a reputable guy with a big name who puts up numbers on the ground and through the air. Are you yeah. blaming the kid? The, the transfer portal is a great spot to just discover a kid's loyalty, a little bit of his character, honestly, because would Cam Ward be Cam Ward without Washington State? Was anybody else willing to take the take the risk of an FCS quarterback that had success and bring him up to the power five? And and so we'll see if Cam Ward stays. I mean, it's it, I don't blame the kid. It's tough to turn down a million dollar paycheck. Do I think Wazoo matches it? I doubt it. I don't know if they have the budget to. Does he want to stay in P5 football? I think the point you made is the main point there. And We'll see what happens. I would love him to go. I would love for him to go somewhere bigger, I think. Yeah. Just because well, where Washington State's going. Reese and Jake, they just announced today, Oregon State, Washington State, a partnership with the Mountain West Conference on a scheduling dynamic like Notre Dame does with the ACC. Any Mountain West team that plays Wazoo or Oregon State will not have that count against their conference record, but they will play them one or the other. What do you think if you're Cam Ward in that situation? You're not playing Power 5 football anymore. Like, it, it's... If you're not in that conference and if you're doing this schedule dynamic, what do you do? Like you're getting these calls or you have a NIL representative buzzword right there of bullshitness. What do you do? I think it's, I mean, he's played the system well enough so far. And I think a lot of uh, in the modern day of college football and in the transfer portal and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure some of these kids want the paychecks and they want to be in the spotlight. Uh, in, in the big conferences and the SEC and the Big Ten. But I think a lot of it is also like fit in what suits well for Cam Ward. You know, I'm assuming he's going to have an opportunity if he stays at Washington State, especially if he plays against Mountain West caliber teams, that he's going to put up a lot of numbers. He's going to showcase a lot of his abilities. He's going to probably throw 70% of the game. But at the same time, yeah, it's a little different. The Pac-12 is is a bigger upgrade than the mountain west now if if the washington state were to stick around in the pac-12 or or to play some recognizable competition uh maybe that would convince him even if he did get offered a million bucks from auburn or whoever else it may be uh i still think that yeah that washington state's just in too too tough of a spot right now with conference realignment to try and keep him around and a lot of it's just television exposure like i don't even know what what is the exposure for Washington state. I don't even know their television. They don't have a yeah. television deal, right? I don't they know how like that'll work. That out. 
I yeah, I don't know how that's going to work with them. I don't know if they keep the Pac-12 deal, like if they get those rights, or if they have to find a way to make their own deal. I have no idea. That, that's something I'd have to look into. Reese, to you on this one, are you, if you're Cam Ward right now, how much are you entertaining this before the transfer portal opens in what? A little more than a week? First of all, what a problem to have to be 20-something years old and be able to be offered a million dollars by like four or five schools. It's a good I would point. Like to a think, I would like to think I would have integrity and be like, you know what? I'm going to stick with the guys that took a shot, took a took a chance on me. Absolutely not. Um, in this economy? Like, whatever, dude. In, in any economy, I don't care. You're going to be a million dollars. I'm going to entertain some offers, especially if I'm going to be in a conference where it's not going to be existent. It's not going to exist next year. And I can go somewhere where I can get a little bit more exposure. And a guy who at the beginning of the year, we were a big Kim Ward podcast. They played extremely well. And a guy who, I mean, was putting up Heisman-like numbers to start the year. If that guy can go to a bigger school in the SEC or ACC, wherever the hell he wants to go, that guy can get some bigger exposure there and increase the draft stock and go make a million dollars. That'd be pretty fucking cool if I was 20-something years old. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, so let's not I, also entertain all offers. Just there's no. Let's there's not no, act like uh, like these guys haven't been calling him since week four, or calling his yeah. agent or whoever's his representative. Right? Like we're not stupid. We knew this was probably going on last year. <laughs> he like, just all of a sudden had seven one million dollar offers yeah, just, to seven different schools the day out of the Washington game. One hundred percent. Yeah, just it's it's not like that. It's all year. Um, you have multiple showings of this. Uh, Iowa State had a situation like this we've talked about in other schools, obviously. Like, big schools are going to poach. They're going to go in, and they're going to put together a team to identify talent, and they're going to reach out to NIL representatives. Remember, buzzword again, bullshit. And they're going to reach out and throw numbers at these people and just tell them, here's what you could get if you come play quarterback at Auburn, if you play quarterback at A&M, or if you come play quarterback at USC. Like, that's just how the world is now. Jake made the best point here. If he stays in the Mountain West, can you imagine the video game numbers Cam Warwood put up playing those teams every week? That's a great point. That's another great way to look at it because how about it, he I would think domino fit, effect? The the fit part really gets, I mean, under undervalued in an NIL. Like a lot of obviously a lot of twenty year old kids are going to chase a bag and go after a lot of money, but there are some relatively smart kids out there that like the situation they're at. Maybe they have. God forbid, maybe they have friends there. Maybe they like the play style of, of the offense. Maybe they really like their coach. Maybe money doesn't mean everything to all of these kids. I mean, I don't think I, I think you're you make a good point. I don't want to call I'm not calling him dumb, but can you no, make I'm the same argument the other way <laughs> no. if he goes somewhere else? You know, I mean, if he goes somewhere else that's not paying him a million dollars, you could probably make the argument that how dumb is this kid? But I, sometimes they don't work out. Sometimes you still get to collect that money's guaranteed. That's the thing. Right. It doesn't matter if you perform. Look at, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen a max turnover guy in Jeff Sims collect a $900,000 paycheck from Amigos and play and hey, less than 100 snaps. He's He's got turnover issues himself, too. And I don't want to make this all about his play style in, in the, the Cam Ward podcast. You are. You're being personal game. right now. We're just talking about the idea. <laughs> hey, you were asking questions. Morningside <laughs> paid me an experience. But that is, but that is though, let's, I mean, he's a guy who can sling it around the yard and this is a guy who like, this is how desperate college football is right now. Like 
He's not a perfect quarterback by any means. He's not a guaranteed first rounder next year. No, I don't think so. But teams are so like Auburn, for instance, with their situation, like Michigan State. Like these teams. Oh, Michigan State. What a problem they got. (laughs) Desperate for a quarterback. I mean, they need a lot more than a quarterback. They need need a lot. I mean, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but Nebraska is another one. It was just. Oh, God, we need a quarterback. quarterback. That's not throwing us under the bus. Put us on top of the bus. Put us in the front of the bus. How do you wave the flag more? Give him a million dollars. Dude, we're going to pay for a quarterback. And I like Will Howard in that debate. That, that'll be another video on YouTube. But yeah. um, how about the domino effect of names like this, right? Like, what if he stays? How many kids then choose to stay with him? Or vice versa, he chooses to leave. How many are like, well, this position is not what I signed up for. I thought I was playing Power 5 football all the way through. I think I can still have that opportunity. So that's something to pay attention to within the transfer portal. I, that's Again, we we could do a three-hour show on the transfer portal and its ins and outs. We might NIL have and all that stuff. I mean, it. I would not be surprised if in, within the next two months we do that. So um, that's something to pay attention to. But let's jump into the recent hirings and firings. Uh, it's Bloody Sunday a couple of days ago. Firings all around the country. Schools are doing this earlier and earlier to get ahead um, in the market and get a chance at the guys they really want. They are hiring um, people quicker because of the window for college football and recruiting and when National Signing Day is. The faster you get a guy in, the faster you feel like you can get your program moving in the right direction. So let's start with the firings around the country that we have noted on the year. If I go through one, I'm just going to read them off. If you guys have something on a certain firing or hiring, jump in and let me know. I don't know. Raise your hand. Do the little dance. Do something. Let me know. There's no buzzer on here. That'd be kind of cool if they buzz us in and light up your box on screen. Dana Holgerson at Houston out for the Cougars. Tom Allen at Indiana. Danny Gonzalez at New Mexico, Terry Bowden at University of Louisiana, Monroe, Dana Dimmel at UTEP, and Rick Stockstill at Middle Tennessee State. Any of those really look big on your paper. I just want to know what what was the last straw to get rid of Stockstill? Like, I don't I mean, know. What was he? He's been around for twenty years. I think, I think twenty two thousand six was his first year. He won. Well, what, what did he win last year? They won six or seven games, I think. And or did they even win six games after they beat Miami last year? I think they did. I think um, they went bowling. But like, was I? I guess was it a bowl or bust this year for this team? Now I don't know all of my ins and outs on Mid- Middle Tennessee State and who they had coming back and everything like that. But it's cutthroat. That, would, that was just funny to me. I was just like, what? What better are you gonna do than a guy you've already kept around for twenty years at a at a very very low G five program? I think it's intriguing to look at Tom Allen's firing at Indiana and how much money they owe him. Yeah, because you don't look at Indiana spending money on a lot of things, right? Like they don't like they don't spend a lot of money on. I feel like the social media team at their program. They're not spending money on players. They're not spending money um, on the stadium. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's basketball school. It, it is, but like I think they know. I think this buyout, and I think Bud Elliott said it best on the Cover Three podcast. He goes, "They know if either you buy in on football right now and you try to make it competitive and be a part of this while you're making the money, or somewhere down the line, these schools that are good put money into it are gonna be like, hey, see this guy over here, he's not helping us. Let's cut him out, kind of thing." And so that's interesting to look at. I don't know if you guys think we're going down that road with how big the conferences are getting, how big of these deals are. Are oh, they going to start kicking people to the curb? Oh, 1000 percent. Like we're we are not going to sit at 18 and 16 and 14 teams forever. Like the lowest two, maybe like 
if I'm Vanderbilt right now, I mean, they're building a new state. I mean, they're renovating their stadium for a reason. They're putting money into the program. A lot of these schools like Arkansas, Mississippi State, uh, I don't want to throw Auburn in that category necessarily, but they're like getting new NIL collectives. They're like going all in right now to try to stay not even competitive, just relevant, like mm-hmm. six, seven wins. Because when that new TV deal comes up in, what is it, 2029, 20, I guarantee these teams are going to get moved around, kicked to the curb and, and things like that. For me, if you look at like a lot around the country, I still think like, again, this is another rabbit hole we could jump and fly down and never come out of. I think that it's going to become re-regionalized at some point. Like the conferences may get so big. It's like, well, did you win your pod or your division or your, you know, like that, like it's going to become back. It'll come back the other way, in my opinion. Um, Obviously the counterpoint to that or the opposite side would be, no, they actually just continually grow the conferences and cut people out till there's 50 or 40 or some amount of teams. That's like the NFL, right? Um, and I hope to everything that doesn't happen, but real possibility. Let's jump into the hirings um, so we could get into the conference championship week um, previews. Joseph Smith hired from Oregon State. He'll be the new head guy in East Lansing for Michigan State. Mike Elko duped to AM after. Some speculation kind of went around the country on who they would hire. They land on Mike Elko. I think it's a good hire for what they're trying to do with that program. I think they went less flashy, more a program builder and a guy who can uh, relate to his players. Jeff Lebby, Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, will go to Mississippi State. How about we're going back to a little more offense style here for the Bulldogs? I think from Leach um, into this year, that whole transition was just, I don't think, I think it was too much too quick uh, on a school that didn't have to deal with it. Um, and then we go straight to Fran Brown. How about hey, George's defensive back here? Coach gets a job at Syracuse. What are your thoughts, Reese? Reese, Reese do you know any any Fran Brown information right now? Do you have any? No. Nah, do you, do you hot, off the press, hot off the press, teams pumped, you know. Excited <laughs> to have him. <laughs> There's a little electricity carrier, in the air in Syracuse today. Carrier Dome's going to be <laughs> ignited next year for the first They're game making the wings a little spicier up there. Something's <laughs> cooking up here, dude. Uh, I think another part to mention with that is I believe he was uh, the lead recruiter within the Georgia program, the recruiting coordinator, and I think he had a lot to do with it. That probably helped out. Um, Parks, you got something to say? Or are you doing a big stretch? Over yeah, there? just it's it's a live thing. It just happened. Stretch. So I got to mention it because we're all here, but that is the like number it just one. Happened? Yeah, just happened. Number one offensive tackle, number one player in Iowa just committed to Nebraska. So suck it, both of you. Suck what, it. The kid from the kid from Logan. Yeah, bricks. Oh, number one player in Iowa. Him anyway. The kid from yeah. the kid, a kid from Logan Magnolia. The fucking yep. A of. A I don't football. know what this means. It's a it's really, really small. It's a he plays, he plays very um, small. Very, they're not a very big school. They are like tiny. six man, not very good or eight man. I don't think Parks. they're. A. I think they're. Uh, no, they State's, play Class A. Okay, Iowa a. State's best, arguably best receiver in a year from now, best tight end is from Bumfuck Nebraska. He's a freshman. We he decommitted from Nebraska to go to Iowa State. So well, that's because we got rid of Frost. But we already. I don't we think already we have. Sure. A, we have a five-star tight end from uh, Ainsworth, Nebraska, coming <laughs> to Nebraska next year. Uh, I don't think Iowa ever had a shot at him. I don't think he was ever. I think it was down to Oklahoma, that. Nebraska. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, I mean, recruiting's popping off and then they're jumping into the transfer portal to fill needs. I think that's one that Matt rule will be happy with just going offensive line. 
um, with the struggles on offense. And I know Iowa would be happy to grab a couple if we could quit having them decommit. Fucking bullshit. Anyway, into the conference championship week previews. We are going to start on Friday night. There's two games Friday night uh, for conference championships. How about the Conference USA, man? New Mexico State and Liberty. Liberty's a 10.5-point favorite. 6 p.m. on Friday night, CBS Sports Network. This is really, again, we talked about this a little bit before we started the pod, but this is really cool for New Mexico State, who traditionally has been a kind of a seller dweller within the college football world. They jump into this conference. They start winning football games. They go into Auburn and win a game, and now you get to play for a conference title. Liberty, on the other hand, did a lot of independent work. You remember when Malik Willis was there, and they were up for uh, a chance to get the New Year's Six bid for the group of five, and now they jump into Conference USA, immediately make their imprint and have run through a lot of these teams in the conference. Lines around 10 and a half. We're going to have a picks board for this. If you're New Mexico State and you're Derry Kill, how do you approach this? I think this might this is the best team uh, they've played all year outside of Auburn, obviously. Um, already lost to them once. How do you go into this game, right? I think you just it's the want factor, right? The drive factor from Jerry Kill and the boys. I think playing them twice is definitely going to benefit some sort. I think playing twice, especially in the sport of football, is really beneficial uh, for them. They just got to keep it low scoring and they got to rely on the run game, I feel like. Uh, but the biggest thing for if you haven't paid attention to these two teams, both of them have really good dual threat quarterbacks, at least mm-hmm. for the G5 level. And Diego Pavia for New Mexico State and Caden Salter, who at times – I've I've watched enough of Caden Salter this year to know that for Liberty, you can make mistakes on this kid. He he is really good. He kind of looks like CJ Stroud's twin if you've never seen him before. Um, but he makes some dumb throws, and I think He's, that's where New Mexico some State some just really head scratching throws. And that's where I think New Mexico State could take advantage. And if they want to keep the number close, I think it'll be interesting. Oh, I, one thing I can tell you in this situation is you're going to get a full hearted effort out of New Mexico State. Um, when you look at Liberty though, Jamie Chadwell's first year, they've done exactly what they were supposed to, right? You're supposed to go into this conference title. You're supposed to win the conference USA championship. How do you keep a guy in a group that in a lot of sense, probably maybe some of them are looking one foot out the door. Maybe they're like, Oh, well, I've had a really good year here. We're getting to that next, uh, level. Maybe that's a power five, um, NIL deal or transfer, or more. maybe it's like, into the Sun Belt or somewhere else. Like it feels like Conference USA has kind of slid down the ladder a little bit on football talent, but a little, but just a little, just what I'm saying, man. I don't know. UTEP's a pretty tough one on Saturday night sometimes. You ever been to El Paso? Well, they're adding Delaware and Kennesaw State to become the SEC of the G5. So, hey, I think Delaware is a solid ad. That's a good FCS program. Kennesaw State's solid every once in a while. It's just, it's interesting to look at this, but the Blue Hens. Blue Hens close blue hands they also wear a winged helmet michigan you're no longer the only one fun fact um, but let's go into picks for this on the ats board we're going to go parks first down to jake and then over to reese and i can go last on the conference usa 10 and a half is the number we will have on the board yeah liberty just seems like the team of destiny for the, this year i mean there's always that one g5 team that goes on an undefeated season run or very close to that just deserves everything and you're not knocking this Liberty team off. Give me Quentin Cooley and the Flames to have a big day. Cover the number. Give me Liberty. You need a transition there, Jake, or are you thinking about it? No, I, yeah, no, what the I, hell, man? I, I'm not thinking about anything here. Uh, New Mexico State is 8-2 and two against the spread this year. 
Uh, I think, like you said, JP, Jerry Kill is going to be up for this game and he's going to have his guys ready. Liberty is kind of slept walk through this entire schedule. Like, I think they beat Sam Houston State by like, I don't think five they're happy points. with the conference transition. I think they wish no. they were somewhere else. They're like, what the hell are we doing here? They gave up that terrible backdoor cover to, uh, to UTEP last week. So, yeah, 10 and a half for me. I'm, I'm, made, bad beats, made bad beats, classic, <laughs> classic shit. God, that was funny. Uh, Reese. yeah, these teams played like what week two or week three or in the year. And I think Liberty won by two touchdowns. I want to say, yep. I think that right around was. there. Um, I don't, I, I think New Mexico state. Yeah. You kind of have that second half of your season, a little bit more going on for you, but I think Liberty is still the better team. You have that shot to go play for something big at the end of the year. Um, I'll take Liberty and, uh, Salter and them to have a good, good day against the Aggies. I'm going to take New Mexico state based on, this is almost like bowl game mode, right? Where it's like. And I, I, it's a conference title. It's a lot different than bowl game. What is your motivation factor right now? Like, what is your excitement to play in this one? I think New Mexico State is just at a different miss- high right now. Just keep it close and battle to the end and kick a field goal late, lose by eight. You know what I'm saying? Right this there. This is, I mean, I just miss the days of of UTSA <laughs> playing Houston. Like, race to, race, to six, race to 60 points. Is UTSA like uh, Western Kentucky last year was an all-timer. We're just so uh, they far away. Two years in a row, so much fun. God. Well, the Americans kind of become your uh, group of five conference. That means the most. That in the Sun Belt. Uh, so that's where those teams went. Let's jump into our first Power Five game of the weekend. This is also going to be Friday night. How about the freaking rematch and the encore and the absolute banger we got in the Pac-12? Before we say goodbye to this conference, before we let it all go, how about two of the better teams we've seen come out of this conference in the last five, six, seven years? I think this Washington team is better than the Washington team that won the Pac-12 back in 2015, went to college football playoff. Now you get to play number five. Oregon, a top five matchup in the Pac-12 before they get sent off. What do we think of this one? I'm fucking pumped. Yeah, this one's going to be good. This one's going to be really good. I I don't think I've been this hyped for a Pac-12 title game ever. Uh, maybe it's because it's on its way out, but I really do not like the college football world being all over Oregon this week. And just, I haven't seen a person outside of Washington fans expect Washington to win this football game, including Vegas. I mean, nine and a half and a team that lost in the first matchup. Are these teams really that different from week seven or week eight, whenever that matchup happened? So it's going to be a shock to see what happens on the field. I love Oregon. I hate the college football world being all on on top of them. I don't know if they cover the number, but I think they, they win the game. And if they win the game, or is it fair to say whoever wins is in? I think so. I think, yeah, so. I think so too. Right. Absolutely. So I, I need Oregon to take that fourth spot. So give me Oregon. Uh, I guess I, I don't like him to cover, but I think they win the game. When you're looking at this one, Jake, a couple of things come to my mind. I don't know about yours. Um, Penix, and that offense haven't looked quite right. They they kind of look a little bit off. They haven't got high flying in the last couple of Dunes still there. But what how do we get going again? And then this is the defense you have to do it against. On the flip side, Oregon's been rolling, right? Like even if they've gotten in battles, they have been rolling. Bo Nix is a great quarterback. They got an incredible run game. They stopped the run uh in the top what 15, 20 in the country defensively the secondary has been good now this is the team that really gave them headaches though if you go back and look at that washington game Penix was able to make throws on that secondary because he has such elite talent on the outside how do you get going again if you're washington when everything's on the line now and you are like park said perfectly the world's on oregon right how do you get going the right direction again 
I think Dylan Johnson might underratedly be the most important player in this game. And then for those who don't know, that's the running back for Washington. Like he had a hundred yards in that game against Oregon. We know that they have a Dunze and McMillan and, and a plethora of threats at the outside position for, for Washington. Uh, are they going to be able to run the ball? Cause when they've had success scoring a lot of points, it's been against a lot of bad rush defensive teams. I mean, you go back to the, to the USC game, for instance, when I think he had like 250 yards Um but they've proven it a little bit. I mean, he had 89 yards against Oregon State. So it's there, but they're not going to see another rush defense like they've seen from Oregon. But they've also shown that they can do it. The thing with Washington for me is, is we look at two sides. You look at the metrics, like Oregon's been playing a lot better, you would think. But man, when you look at Washington since the last time they've played, they just find ways to win. It doesn't matter if it's lesser competition or it's about equal competition. They've just found a way to win and hang in these football games, which really makes me skeptical to lay the points with Oregon. I have no idea. I, to be frank with you, this is just, I understand why it's at nine and a half, but at the same time, like how can you doubt this Washington team? It's kind of like, how about a like Washington Michigan team? That's Georgia. Washington team started to play a little bit of defense. Right, we've started to get to the quarterback a little bit. We've started to stop the run a little bit. We haven't had teams go high flying on us. Um, and then on the opposite side, JP, play. wait, wait, wait. On the opposite side, yep. you have an Oregon team that can't seem to get stopped. I mean, the first half for these Oregon teams, especially last week against Oregon State, who has a good defense, they couldn't stop them. Waltz, the first half, they're rolling. The yeah, it was crazy. So it's such an in opposite matchup of where these teams have gone since they've matched up the first time. Washington is as far as you can be in the good category while almost taking a step back from what we saw that week. So it'll be interesting. Go ahead. Reece. Yeah. Reese, what are your thoughts on this game? Are you seeing anything different? If you, But if you looked at this game from an outside perspective, first look, you're like, that's worth mentioning. I just, uh, you guys keep talking about it, but the spread is so big. I mean, when you watch this game the first time, it was Score, answer, score, answer. Like, I don't know how this game gets outside of double digits for a lead unless it's a pick six late or something like that. Like, I think it's going to stay within a touchdown to a field goal the entire game because these are these are two damn good teams, man. It's number three and number five in the country. Like, this is going to be one of the best football games that we're going to see all year, and I'm, I'm excited to see it. I would much rather see – I mean, at the beginning of the year, I picked Washington to be eight and four, not even be anywhere near this, but they sure shit proved me wrong. Um I would love to see Oregon win this game. I I think they win this game just because I think Bo Nix, I think they've got a little bit of it figured out. I think that defense will be able to get more stops. But I just don't either team being able to consistently get stops. Like, you can get three or four stops in a row. That team can win it. And that's probably got to come off with some turnovers too because we all know you can't – turnovers aren't – they're random. They, they don't know when the hell they're going to happen. I mean, Bo Nix only turned over twice. I think Penix threw one interception this game. Um earlier in the year but it's also is Dan Lanning going to continue to be aggressive is he going to take points this time is he going to make the same mistakes he made the first two times he's played this it's team very true. this year and then last year is he going to continue to make those same mistakes or is he going to take points is he going to learn what what what, or, if, what what kind of Dan Lanning are we going to get or do those gambles and dice rolls pay off this time and right do they like that pay off? The, yeah that's, I'll tell you that's the, the biggest compliment here goes to Husky Stadium if you're a Washington fan you got to feel great about you were a favorite I mean, you won the game outright, 
and on a neutral field, they think that this team is 10 points better than you. You're that big of a swing. So what a compliment to Husky fans. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what that stadium looks like in Vegas numbers wise. I think, cause mm-hmm. I think both fan bases are travel worthy fan bases. They will go, but I just want to see what it really looks like live. Cause it's going to be an expensive ticket. Vegas is expensive, but I think in this situation with, this being the last Pac-12 title game, them leaving for the Big Ten next year, I think it a little more incentive to get people to go. So, Parks, I believe you have Oregon winning, but you're taking Washington to cover. Reese, are you on the same page? Yeah, I'm going to take Oregon to win, okay. Washington to cover. Schaefer, you? I'm gonna, I mean, I honestly, I'm going to take the better coach in this situation. I think it was an outlier for them going to Husky Stadium. I think this defense is going to button up, actually. I, I, it's hard to doubt Washington, but I'm going to take Oregon to win and Oregon to cover. That's what I was just about to say. This is not your 12-year-old wearing a neon Oregon shirt to middle school Oregon defense. This is a completely <laughs> different branded Oregon team. Anthony Everybody Thomas, knows what I'm talking about. James. Right? And like you said, Reese, to your point, like, doesn't Washington have everything to lose and Oregon has – I mean, Oregon's got something to lose. They're still in the college football playoff conversation. Don't get me wrong, but they're the team with the loss. Like they can be mm-hmm. a little more aggressive. Like Washington's kind of been walking on eggshells these last couple of weeks. Oregon learned from their mistakes in Husky Stadium a few weeks ago. They can be the aggressor and and go after them this time. Well, in my world, I have championship tickets on Oregon and Washington. Um, I'm in a really good spot with the Oregon one, as it's now worth more than I paid for the ticket. The Washington one's kind of sitting even right now. I'm going to be in a good spot either way in this game, but I did pick Washington to win the Pac-12 in the preseason. If you guys remember, I believe I had USC in this matchup against them rather than Oregon, but I'm going to have to continue to go with the dogs here. I think, I really think Oregon wins, but I really think Washington is right there. I think a lot of dice rolls hit for Dan Lanning, like we talked about, but I think Penix just kind of comes back into his own, back into the spotlight, and kind of makes this a hell of a game, right? So I'll take Washington to cover here, and we'll have these ATS graphics out. Again, ATS, where we'll tell you who we think is going to win on the pod, but ATS board will just be against the spread. We're not going to do any picks on the Twitter sphere. What do you got, Parks? Uh, nothing. I just This will be on YouTube, so thank you, our yep. YouTube audience, if you're watching this. I, 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 I hate that number. I hate the nine and a half. It's, it's gross. I would agree. If I could get 10, I'd feel really, really good about myself. Um, let's jump to the Mac. Let's go to another uh, group of five game. Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks against the Toledo Rockets. Seven and a half point favorites are Toledo. They have been the Mac favorite throughout the entire year. This will be 11 a.m. on Saturday, along with the Big 12 title game. So make sure you have two TVs because every conference matters. Every conference is fun to watch. It all matters in college football verse. Daquan Finn and the Rockets have been who we thought was going to win the Mac. Miami of Ohio's not necessarily. We thought Ohio would come out of this side of the Mac. What are we seeing in this one? No Gabbert for this team. It's going to be interesting. I think, I think the public is kind of bet up Toledo and then it's settled right back down around seven and a half. We can go around what we think. And then our picks for as well. Parks, go ahead. Toledo's a wagon, man. That's that team that is one of those group group of five destiny teams it feels like what a catch top 10 play last week from that Toledo wide receiver blanking on his name but I think everybody saw it that just they just seem like the right pick here but what an opportunity for Reese fast forwarding a little bit in the conference championship point game with my Miami of Ohio a four-point play in that game 
So what a chance for both Toledo to to just sustain a t- fantastic season that they've had and Reese to take a jump and try and beat the King in my Thank you. I don't <laughs> you. think they can do it. Uh, give me Toledo. They're that, that group of five team of destiny in the Mac. Uh, I, I like the Rockets here. Seven and a half doesn't scare me one bit. We got a 14 point win here. Schaefer, down to you. I can't wait to watch Tulane or Tulane Toledo and Liberty in the Louisiana Bowl in a couple of weeks. Oh my God. Uh, but no, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Toledo's defense has been solid all year. They rank 28th in points per game. Uh, And since Gabbard's been out, they haven't scored more than 30 in Miami of Ohio. So I don't think Miami of Ohio is even going to sniff 13 points. I have the under, if anybody cares to know, I I took the under. I'm playing every game this weekend. We don't. Uh, So I took under 44 um, and I'm leaning Toledo. For sure. Reese to you. Well, hey, thanks, buddy. It was, I mean, Parks mentioned it, but I need Miami of Ohio pretty bad here. Uh, no Gabbert's going to hurt, but maybe Rashad Amos can pick up the slack and they can get the run game going. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, need, I need the win. I need the win bad. <laughs> they rank 102nd in yards per game. Miami I'm going to take. Does. Guess what? Doesn't matter. Shame and shit week. Here we go, Red Hawks. <laughs> I'm going to hedge happiness because I have Toledo in that conference title game for only one point. Hedge happiness, take Miami of Ohio plus a seven and a half on the board and just roll with that. I think that was my plan. I liked them up at eight or eight and a half, nine because of how low scoring it's going to be like Schaefer was talking about. I just think it's a gritty team that found a way to get 10 wins, whether they're scoring 30 points or not. Right. So that's the Mac. I'm excited for that one. I believe that's in Ford Field again this year. To the Big 12 we go down to Texas where Oklahoma State not necessarily a backdoor in, but made it really tough on themselves to get oh here. They could have just won it a couple times. They could have just won in Orlando against UCF. Now nah, we get beat by 42. We can just beat BYU at home. Yeah, we'll do that. But how about two overtimes to do it, right? The Pokes made it tough on themselves. They are a 13 and a half point dog to the number seven ranked Texas Longhorns with college football playoff aspirations on their mind. 11 a.m. Central time on ABC usually one of the better conference title games every year. I think if you look back at how these games have gone, it's been a blast, absolute blast. Parks, what do you think of this one between the Pokes and the Longhorns? This is a very tough spot for me, fandom-wise. The Pokes are a de facto team of mine just because of their brand, great sweatshirt, JP. Uh, And then I have one of my most hated teams from my lifetime in Texas. However, I have to mention, there was a part of me last week that really hoped that BYU could pull it off against the Pokes so we could get our Oklahoma-Texas rematch. I just think that's a better matchup. I don't know if this Oklahoma State team, who just got blown out by UCF, is ready for this different monster that we've seen from Texas who goes in and blows the doors off Texas Tech on their way out. Hey, see you later. See you in the Big 12. We're going to go pound teams in the SEC. Uh, Well, maybe. We'll see. They absolutely Hook it to Texas Tech. So you couldn't find a hotter Texas team in this spot with, like you said, JP, postseason aspirations. I got to go with Texas in the number here. They're just too hot to stop. And I haven't seen enough from Oklahoma State the last couple of weeks to give me any confidence. Shay, you're the Big 12 expert, so I'm happy you go last. Reese, what do you got on this one? As I've, <laughs> as I've started to watch college football throughout the years, it's like teams look really – I've learned to not bet on the week before. You're getting different phases of different teams as the week goes along. All right, all right. Oklahoma State has not looked great. <laughs> Oklahoma State has not looked great the last couple weeks. Texas looked phenomenal last week. 
I just think it's a spot where Texas is going to go in and they're going to play well. But I think Oklahoma State is going to be, I mean, two scores we got this thing at. Like, I think, I think Oklahoma State will be able to keep this within two scores. That's 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 prediction. I don't have, I think Texas will win the game. I'd be shocked if they lose the game because they do have something to play for. They do have a shot to go to the college football title. But I think Oklahoma State keeps us in the number. Shiver, you're uh, you're pretty emphatic with the hand movements down there. I don't know if you <laughs> you guys are seeing this. Shaper's uh, the Big Ten expert, Big Twelve expert. So <laughs> I I'm the knower of most. Do you read my tag? I know most. <laughs> I know more than everybody. ATS, so. son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, when I when I look at Oklahoma State and Reese, that's actually a great point. Most times I'd be like, don't base this off what you've recently seen the last week or two. Um, but here's the deal: Texas is a completely different football team than previous years they're way more locked in every single game like that ass whooping last week said it most like texas tech a team who's hungry for six wins a desperate team more than texas is maybe this is a look ahead spot and and there was no sign of looking back for texas if i had a graph for oklahoma state it would be the fuck around and find out graph for them (laughs) because guys like i mean if you listen to my iowa state stuff this team's been zombie walking for the last three weeks you forgot to mention JP. They only came within seven points to Houston two weeks ago. Not yep. to mention their BYU debacle and their UCF just slacking. Last week, they had Texas had four different dudes get more than five carries, and they had nobody over four catches last week. So it just shows you they can do it all. They have so many different weapons. This team ranks fifth in rush defense. That's Oklahoma State's bread and butter. They struggled to run the ball on BYU. I have Oklahoma State's team under at nine and a half points on Saturday. So, Holy shit, that's a low number for you to lay. That's where you, that's where you know I'm going with this. Um, I yeah, I like gonna... Texas here too. The, Texas is the last team that I'm holding a ticket for uh, national championship wise. How many national championship tickets? Three. You got? Three. Damn. <laughs> three. <laughs> Just three. He picked three more for everybody. Found the win. I got three total. Three total. <laughs> it's all about value, fellas, and I found it at the right time. Um, cash out for five dollars more baby it's uh, way more than that right now boy let me tell you what um i'll take texas here because of what Schaefer just said i think the run defense will be able to slow down ollie gordon and oklahoma state's not going to go away from it and if they do can you take advantage of the secondary for texas because a lot of these teams haven't been able to throughout the year um if you get predictable if you're a gundy if you get in a hole what is your go-to because i can tell you right now uh, Texas gets up, they're just going to lean on the backs of all these running backs who are talented. They have three or four receivers on the edge who I was a big fan of throughout the year uh, and Whittington uh, and Xavier Worthy and all these guys that can just make plays. I think it's too much. I think it's the wrong team at the right time uh, for Oklahoma State. It's just, it's the makings of chaos is still here. This is where the Big 12 could screw themselves and really make a lot of Big 12 fans a lot happier if Texas loses this game, but I'll take the horns in the 13 and a half. I believe it's 14 and a half. 14. We have 13 we have and a half here, half but it didn't graphic, move up. But 14 and a half live. How about we go 14 flat? Sure. Perfect. Fine. Awesome. That's everybody it. have their ATS pick in. I don't remember if everybody gave theirs. I, Texas, Oaks. Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas. So three Texas in Oklahoma State. Thanks for holding down the Fort Reese. I would say your ATS, you know, Winter champion. Coming. We should look, but. Uh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. To the Mountain West, we go here. We have the UNLV Rebels against the Boise State Broncos, 2 p.m. Central Time on Fox. This will be 
a ton of fun as well. How about a computer model pick in this game? San Jose State, UNLV, Boise State, all of them tied for the lead in the Mountain West. They had a computer spit out all these algorithms and all these tiebreakers, and they got this one. After San Jose State beat this UNLV team last week, Boise State started off rough. We knew that because they were playing tough teams, but then they just look spotty throughout the year. They fire Avalos, and here they are still in the Mountain West title game. I had a lot. I really thought Air Force was going to be here. I really, for a while, thought Wyoming had a really good chance to be here. But here we are, Boise State again, doing their thing in the Mountain West. What are our thoughts on this one? And then ATS picks as we go around. Parks, you can start. Yeah, you got to take a look into UNLV first. And all the rumors you've heard from UNLV and their elite quarterback who doesn't, I don't know how he ended up there. Uh, Rumors, whatever you want to call them. I don't want to say allegations, but of how he's going to leave the program. He's got a big game coming up. This UNLV team is for real, man. They fell last week to San Jose State, who upset. I can't check me. Who did they beat the week before? They beat some. Oh, Fresno State? Was it Fresno State they beat the week before? Yeah, San Jose State ran off like six straight conference wins. Yeah, what a weird spot for them to lose. Uh, So you don't feel great about UNLV going into this off a loss like that. But Boise State, that's a team that Schaefer's been riding all year who finds himself in this game a little unexpectedly, I would say. And I just got to stay with the running Rebels. As simple as that. I believe in their quarterback. I believe in what they're building. They're a wagon. They've won me bets. They took took me on an outright dog, and I can't go against them. I I don't know enough about Boise State to give you – uh, a good information to, as to why they'd beat my run at Rebels. So give me UNLV plus the two. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a reason. All right, here we go. Ashton GT. I mean, he's a probably the best running back in the group of five, and probably a top ten back in college football. But let's like, is Boise State not one of the easiest jobs in college football? If your defense can be as inconsistent as it has been, your quarterback has been just completely up and down. You fire your head coach, and you still have a chance to win the conference championship. Like, I don't think there's an easier job right now in college football than Boise State, even at the G5 level. So that being said, I think they always have more talent at, the, at that conference and their running back says it all for them. And Taylor Green, show up just a little bit. Like, don't throw two or three picks and you'll be fine. So give me the Broncos. He's going to. UNLV. <laughs> I'm going to take UNLV here. That's a hungry mm. team. First year head coach of Barry Odom. We are rolling into a Mountain West title game. Nobody expected them to be here. I think they are besides themselves. And I think Boise State has plenty of motivational factor here, too, with everything you just said, Schaefer. But I'll take the Rebels. I think they were like, shit, like an oh shit moment last week, and they lost. And they're like, we might have just screwed ourselves out. Now they're here. It's not a sigh of relief. It's a buckle up, and let's get ready to go again. Reese, to you. I'll take the short favorite. I'll stick with Schaefer. Gianti's kind of a stud. 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh I'll take that Welcome guy. Welcome to the hop on the wagon there, Reese. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, it's the two guys in third and fourth on the ATS board versus first and second. At some point, we got to win, Parks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we're so due. It was so due. To the American Conference, we have SMU versus Tulane. Tulane with an opportunity to put themselves in a New Year's Six Bowl as a representative from the group of five, five and a half point favorites. Big news at SMU this week. I really think Rhett Lashley is doing a great job there. They extended him this week to keep him around, obviously, because he's a hot name on a lot of boards throughout the country. This is going to be exciting. This is not a same Tulane team we saw last year. It's high flying. They've been a little more sputtery. They've been playing with their food a little bit. They've kind of been dragging, but then last week they put it down on UTSA. Granted, 
a Frank Harris team had five turnovers and you don't see that turnover luck again, like Reese mentioned is not predictable. It can be seen as lucky. You don't throw it into the numbers. Well, how about an SMU team? That's been really good without a quarterback. Uh, Schaefer, you want to talk about this one quickly and then give us your pick that we'll go up to parks and down to Reese. Yeah. Plain and simple. Like it's not been the Michael Pratt show. It's been the two lane defense show this year. Like the defense has been carrying them all year. I mean, they can barely get above like 25 points a game, but I mean, when you have a veteran leader in Michael Pratt, I'm still going to trust you. I think this team can get after the young quarterback for SMU with stone out. That's who I'm going to take. Now. I don't think it's going to be five turnovers, but even three can decide such a short spread like this. So give me Tulane and the green wave to cover parks up to you. I like that, Jake. I think you're putting a lot of pressure on Knighton in the, in the backfield for SMU to have a big game to have to, you know, against this Tulane defense. I can't tell you a group of five player that I can count on to go at them consistently and be successful. So you got to go with Tulane and the experience at quarterback, how he pairs with Makai Hughes. They could have a long, slow day and just roll themselves to another 17 to 10, 17 to 7 victory. So I got to go Tulane. They're just rolling too hot. Another team of destiny, the group of five. Reese, my pick will be coming later. How about you go now, though? Um, yeah, I'll stick with these guys too. I'm guessing it's going to be unanimous with this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even the old Frank Harris couldn't get to this two lane defense. Um, so give me, give me the green wave all the way. Great. My pick will come later within the American athletic conference. Let's jump to the Sunbelt. One of our favorite conferences to watch each year, been kind of a down year in the Sunbelt, but there is one team, a brand that's consistently here. And then there's a team that was the favorite that we expected to be here. Appalachian state plays Troy. Troy is seven point favorite 3 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN. Appalachian State started off slow. You really were like, is this a team that's going to give up? Like, is it, is this a team that kind of lost their giddy up a little bit throughout the year? Troy, 10-2, and two, picked to win the Sun Belt. They sit here with a great opportunity to win it again. What is everybody's thoughts? What is your ATS pick? I'm going to go with Troy. I think they're the better team offensively, defensively. App's been a little bipolar throughout the year. I'm going to stay with Troy. Yeah, Troy, a team that I previewed in the group of five previews, and we only selected a few. And I had to pick him because they returned Gunnar Watson, who's had another good year, is a team that I knew would find success and end up in this spot. The only thing that worries me is you're talking about an Appalachian State team that had balls, the courage, the you name it, to roll into James Madison and take down James Madison when they were on top of the world. So that scares me. I, I will make that point. But if I'm going against, I can't go against week one parks. So give me Gunnar Watson and the Troy Trojans to win outright, but it is a scary spot. And seven seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean, out of the Goliaths, Troy's only lost to Kansas State and James Madison this year. But like you said, Parks, App was the only team to beat James Madison on the road. What's been the difference? Uh, can App State keep up their defense? They've been giving up 4.5 yards per play compared to the seven that they were giving up in September and October. Um, and Joey Aguilar has been throwing the ball a lot around the yard for App State. They don't really have a run game. They're going to need him to have like 300 yards if he's going to go out and win the game. But I will save my pick because I also have a play later in this game. Or, oh, okay. Perfect. Reese. Um, I just I want to have fun with this one. Give me App State. I think Aguilar just uh, 33 touchdowns through the year this year. As long as he doesn't turn it over, I think they can keep it within this number. Um, it's been a field goal, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game either. So 
Hey, John Summerall's got a hell of a team in Troy right, right now. Don't be surprised if you see his names popping up on just about every big coaching job or uh, other group of five jobs throughout the offseason. He's a big name. He's just starting to get started with his coaching career, and Troy has been a program he's flipped quickly. Let's get to one of the big ones now. We've got three straight Power Five championship games. The SEC on CBS, Georgia, Alabama, Number one versus number eight. This is basically, it feels like, a play-in into the college football playoff. Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the Dogs, 3 p.m., again, on CBS. What are we thinking on this one? Because this is a game earlier in the year we were like, I mean, is Alabama going to get there? Is it going to be LSU? Now they've kind of gone on a roll, a little slip-up last week, but they win the football game. That's all you got to do. You just got to survive. Don't overreact too much. What about this one? What about this one in Georgia and Alabama and how they match up? Yeah, I want to take a look at just Georgia themselves and kind of who they've played close games against this year. It's teams that really can't decide what they want to be heavy on. Is it the pass? Is it the run? You had Brady Cook, who found some success against Georgia for Missouri and played them close. But then in other games, you play you play Auburn and Peyton Thorne only throws 17 passes on the day. So it'll be interesting to see what Nick Saban comes out with. Will he be heavy McQuillan? Will he be heavy Jalen Monroe? Who Milrow? Sorry, Milrow. Will can he make those throws? We've talked about his consistency all year long. They, they're just coming off of a barn burner against Auburn, who that they could have lost easily. But I don't. It's that I think this is a good spot to go back to kind of what Reese and Jake were saying earlier. You can't don't really judge Alabama off of what they did in the Iron Bowl. Don't pick this bet off of what they did in the Iron Bowl because that's kind of a different game. I mean, Auburn was a team rolling off a 31-10 to 10 loss against a group of five team. So don't look too far into that. But it'll just be interesting to see kind of what Saban comes at him with. It's two coaches that have been here a lot. I want to take Bama just for the sake of college football. I think it would be great for them to win, win this game and just erupt the college football playoff. It might screw Oregon out of a spot. It, it could. I mean, it could mess up everything. So give me Bama. Plus the five and a half. I think that they can make this thing very interesting and win it outright. If I bet on Nick Saban and I lose, I can sleep at night. When I talk about Alabama and like how to stop them this year, I feel like I'm a broken record, but like can Georgia just shut down the big plays? Alabama ranks 57th in passing offense, but they're 15 yards per pass when they do complete the ball, which is, I think it's like top 20 in the nation. So when they do complete a pass, it's for a lot of yards. So can Georgia contain that? Auburn tried to spy Milrow last week. Didn't really work for them as much. Um, I think Georgia's going to have a lot better success with that just because I think they're a lot faster at the linebacker position than Auburn obviously is. And when I look on the other side of the ball, like that's where Alabama has been so successful this year is when Milrow has been inconsistent. The defense always shows up for him with downs with Turner, with that entire defense from top to bottom. They're just really good. So how can their defense impact the game? That's where it concerns me because Georgia's shown not only can they win running the football with Milton and Edwards, they've also relied on Carson Beck to go out there and win them football games for them. They rank top 10 in in yards per per game in, in the passing game. So they can win in so many different ways. I've stuck to my guns with Michigan. And I've stuck to my guns with Georgia this year. I'm not backing down from that. I took them four and a half last week. So there's no hesitation with me. I think Georgia's easily the better team. Reese, you and Perks, I think, have picks coming later on this, correct? Yes. Good thing you're in my Okay. 
I mean, I already said mine, so I'll tell you that right now. But we'll we'll leave the sunshine to Reese. I don't know which one he took, but we'll leave the sunshine for him. Reese, do you want to talk about this game a little bit then? What like what you don't I, have to give us your picks, but give I us your thoughts. I just gotta have hand up for looking in the when I look in the mirror and be like, Reese, you stupid asshole. Why did you ever think LSU was not gonna be or why did I think LSU was gonna be in the title at the end of the year? And I bet against Nick Saban. I don't know why I ever thought that. That's just hand up. Like that's a mistake, Reese. We're not gonna do that again next year. Learn from this. All right. I will here, say, I'll say, sorry to to defend you, Reese. I'll die on that sword. Like Jaden Daniels has been astronomically better than Milrow this year. I was betting against inconsistent quarterback play, and I'll sleep at night. Like, sorry, that's, yes, that, that's that. That's a good point, Jake. That dude, if 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 Jaden Daniels that, is the quarterback for Alabama, if you give Jaden Daniels half the defense Alabama has, they would probably win every game by twenty this year. It's a fair it was, point. Yeah, that's just I'll give him a living, breathe him. Organism. Yes. I had LSU in the playoff as well. I had them as your SEC champion, actually, um, playing Georgia. But I, in this situation, where I, has Alabama played this good of a defense? The answer is no. Has Georgia played this good of a defense? The answer is also no. But whose quarterback play and whose running back play and offensive line play do you trust more? Georgia's. Whose defense, um, has kind of maybe not the names and the name brand and all that stuff has been good all year through better offenses. I would say it's been Georgia's too, right? In some situations. Now you have your rebuttals to that with Alabama when they played uh, Tennessee and a Missouri or uh, and a LSU team who was really good. But I think this Georgia team is just better in spots that matter on the offensive line at quarterback, Uh, the ability to spread it out to better to playmakers on the edge. Outside of Burton, that's been 35-yard, 25-yard bombs trying to just blow the top off of a defense, right? Well, let's stay consistent on drives, and I think Georgia will be able to do that a lot better than Alabama will. I have Georgia in this one, ATS. I think that's who wins this one, and I think they go probably number one ranked into the college football playoff, and then we'll talk about that when that comes up. But I'll go with Georgia there. Hey, what a great sure. spot. What a great spot for the SEC to SEC. How many times have we said conferences are going to conference? The Pac-12 is going to Pac-12. The Big Ten is going to Big Ten. This is such an SEC spot for Alabama to win this game, and somehow mm-hmm. they both get in. Yep. And you know they will. Depending on what happens around the country, you know they will. There are situations where I would say, no, they shouldn't. But here we are, right? This is a situation we find ourselves well, I want to hear one of the situations, because I'm thinking if Alabama wins, they jump from eight to four. And then if Georgia wins, there's no question. So what's the situation? Alabama wins. They're jumping to at least two. At least two. Mm-hmm. If not one. Yeah, they are. Alabama move Michigan to one. But if Michigan, Bama. I don't know, dude. If Michigan wins, if when Michigan wins and if Washington wins, wouldn't they be one and two? No. A one but loss non champ. Avoid the rematch? A one-loss non-champ in Georgia would not jump an undefeated Florida State, a one-loss Texas, or a one-loss Oregon. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about Florida State. Yeah. That's important. Reese? If Texas – if if Bama wins and Texas gets – how do you put Bama in over Texas if Texas wins out? Because it's a college football playoff. You say if Alabama loses or wins. No, if if Alabama wins, Georgia loses. So Georgia's Georgia's out of the thing. They're both going to be in is what I'm telling you. Texas and Alabama, but I'm saying like if there, if there's an argument for like Texas and Alabama, like who should be in? How the hell do you take Alabama? At some point, like, these games got to fucking matter. How does head right? to head not matter? 
How does that's what I'm saying. At some point, these games got to fucking matter. So they're both yeah. in. Yes. If Alabama yes. wins, Texas wins, they're both in. The end of discussion. My, there should never be another thought on it. My devil's advocate, though, is if you look at who Texas lost to, they it's a team that didn't make a conference Fair. championship, and then Alabama lost to a team who's in their conference championship. That would be my devil's advocate. I don't it's agree fair. with it. Yeah. That's, oh, that's a fair argument, though. But then you could point at Alabama's like, play throughout half the season, over half the season. They didn't look like, like the team they do now. bomb and them's argument to keep Texas out and have to have Alabama in. That makes no sense to me. Like, Hey, here's your this, problem. There's, You're there's, listening to Paul Feinbaum. I'm yeah. just saying he. That's I'm not saying it's a video that went on fucking Twitter or whatever. But like, I just don't get how you can because we always have these hypotheticals. Oh, if this team played this team, then this would happen. These teams legitimately played, and we saw the product. What happened? Texas beat this team. There is no hypothetical in Tuscaloosa. It yes, in it Tuscaloosa. Happened. So hey, we another rabbit hole. We are jumping down so far right now, and a couple rabbit holes throughout this Our episode. <laughs> it is. It is. And next week's going to be just as fun. Let's jump to the ACC. We were just talking about the Seminoles in the end of undefeated Florida State team. The ACC title game, Louisville, after the loss to Kentucky last week. God, that sucks. Um, they might have, I mean, they probably wouldn't get in, but they'd be sitting with one loss, kind of poking the bear a little bit, be like, hey, let me in, right? Louisville, Florida State. Florida State has fallen to a two-and-a-half point favorite, 7 p.m. on ABC Saturday night. What are our thoughts on this one? This line, I think it fell from four-and-a-half to two-and-a-half. People saw Florida State last week kind of get into a grinder against a rival in the swamp. Now we got Louisville, who's coming off a loss. Maybe they're a little more motivated. What are we thinking? I, in most spots, I I really like Florida State. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, in Louisville's two losses to Pitt and Kentucky, they turned the ball over three Pitt. times. So there's there's your your Josh Pate padlocks that like if you're going to want to win the football game, you can't turn it over three times, Louisville. So if they don't do that, they're definitely going to be within that number, and it's going to be close. I really love Florida State's defensive line. I think it's one of the more underrated units in college football. They rank in the top 10 nationally in sacks. And I think they'll get after Plummer, which can force some turnovers, whether it be a quick uh, pick or maybe they get a strip sack because they have tendencies to fumble the football. I just, I don't know. It's it's a really tough spot to put that young kid in at, at the quarterback position in your second start to go to the college football fucking playoff. Like there's a lot of pressure on that, but luckily he he does have the weapons to rely on. And I think I don't think they have to score thirty points to beat Louisville. I think they can honestly they can get to twenty four and they'll be okay. I think Florida State's defense is definitely good enough to hold Louisville. That's so that's my prediction. I'm going to take Florida State spread. Parks it, it, is what Florida State team am I getting? Because I think back and yes, they had a big piece in Jordan Travis, but I just think I keep thinking of that team that ran on the field and played Boston College. And you want to talk about a scrappy team led by a, the scrappiest coach in Jeff Brom that will roll in and win at the most crazy times. And JP, you've experienced it firsthand. What what a spot. Right. I, I don't know if I can buy into the Florida State hype. I get it. They're very good. They've earned everything they've gotten to this point. But they have debatably the ugliest wins next to Alabama while being good. Like they haven't dominated any of these games. Nobody would have been dead shocked if they would have lost last week. So I don't know. I really don't. I would love to see Louisville scrap this and just eliminate this Florida State team just because I think there's better teams that deserve a spot. Like just on paper and talent-wise, better teams overall. Better teams post-Jordan Travis. 
correct. Yeah. That I would like to see in that fourth spot. I don't know if it happens. I think the line's in a great spot. I'm going to take Louisville plus a two and a half. I think they win it outright and create havoc. Okay. Perfect. Reese, how about you? I think if they, I think if they win, I think they, I think they create havoc. I think if Louisville wins, they make it easy and just Florida State's out. We don't got to worry about that. I guess, yeah, whatever. I, I think but it I think, opens the door I think for that a havoc. Lot. Would be like who would replace them? I think kind of what yeah. Parks is. Well, there. And, I guess yeah. I guess yeah, because you're gonna have you're gonna have a one loss team get there. Yeah, yeah that right, takes right. a guarantee out of the equation. Yeah, I can't get right, over that right. Louisville lost a pit. I when he said pit, it's I got so bad. Pit. I don't get Dude, it. So last week. They got outgained, or they outgained Kentucky by like 150 yards, yeah. and they had like double the amount of plays, and they lost it. They home. they so played Kentucky, really Ray well for the first. Ray yeah. Davis was a stud. Ray Davis was a stud. That it for, just doesn't make sense in my head how you lose to that pit team of all teams. I mean, you want that's a New Year's Day level hangover game after Notre Dame and what they looked like. Yeah, they were rough. Um, I'm going to take Florida State here in the two and a half. I think a lot of it comes down to kind of what Schaefer was saying is I think uh, verse and a lot of those guys on the Florida State defense can create turnovers. Um, Louisville, I, I've been on that train the whole year. I think they were worth the hype and I think they got the schedule and they outside of the pit game like we were talking about took advantage of it. They have talent and Jawar Jordan uh, and guys on the outside, but I just I just think after what Florida State saw last year or last week and experienced what they did last week. It's just a little bit of a wake-up call. Alarm clock went off in their head. I think they know they have to step up a little more. A lot of those nerves are now gone for that kid. I know it's a bigger stage, but does it really get more tough to play in Charlotte, North Carolina in a neutral site than it did in the Swamp last week? I would argue last week was a tougher situation for him to jump into. So that I'm going to take Florida State. championship game is so lame, and it's always like half sold out depending yeah. on who's going. Reese? Is this the Dr. Pepper game? The chess pass to football? I no, thought they did that big in all 12. of them. It's the Big, it's a big 12. 12. Okay. That's Big 12. Chess pass to football. Right. Okay. Do anyway, they do that in each Reese. semifinal? I don't know. Okay. Reese. Yeah. I mean, I never really got to get my pick. We just, we just, I, I went on tangent, but. Sorry, man. Um, Sorry, man. No, you're getting, it happens. <laughs> but, hey, we're the boys. We run this show. We can do whatever we want, guys. It's okay. Our own show, man. Um, <laughs> but, my, but my thing, too, about when you're looking at the two, it's Rotomaker. Yeah, it's his second game. But it's like when you talked about McCord at the beginning of the year. When you have Trayvon Henderson and Marvin Harrison to throw the ball to, you'll be okay. This guy's got Trey Benson, and then he's got Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson to throw the ball to. Like, he'll be okay. He's just got to be serviceable. I think they can win this we, game just fine. We've I, been I don't, highlighting, I don't really, and that defense is fine. I, I think they can win this game, no problem. I just want to give an underrated shout out to Jaheim Bell too, because we say, always Jaheim like Bell's to highlight. We like to highlight those three, but he always goes under the radar. So that dude to, is a freak athlete. Animal. Him and Amari Nyblack are two of my favorite tight ends to watch in the whole country. They are explosive. They're built like Mack trucks, and they can run. Like it's just they're a ton of fun to watch. Um, side note again, but that'll be a ton of fun to watch. I think the whole most of the country will be cheering against Florida State just based on the situation throughout the rest of the country and what happens because it's a night game. We'll know for the most part, right, on what's happened. Um, so pending those results, I think a lot of the country will be on, uh, throwing their L's up and cheering for the cards. Let's jump to the last kickoff of the Saturday slate for the big 10 championship game, Iowa versus Michigan. I believe this line's at 24 ish. It's been go up from 22 and a half up to 25. Yeah. Right around that area. 7 PM on Fox. The Hawks won the West two weeks ago when they beat Illinois, excuse me. And then. Went into Nebraska last week in an absolute barn burner and won 
13-10. Michigan got another win over Ohio State, three straight now um, for the Wolverines. They find themselves in a spot where they continually say it's them versus the world and they are America's team and all this whatever nonsense. If you want to listen to Reese's rant about it, it's pretty good. We got it on our Twitter channels from last week. Um, but this game, is, this game is everything that you thought the Big Ten East, Big Ten West game would be, right? This is what you thought your Big Ten title game would be the last five years, right? That number's right, four or five years. The last time you really thought it would be a close one was when Iowa played Michigan State 2015. Boy, shit, longer than that. Ooh. Been a while since this game felt like it was going to be even. What are your JP, guys' I, thoughts? Obviously, I, I feel like you have to go Herb. You have to go Herb Street on this. You got to save everything for your YouTube preview. You got to go. You I'll, can't I'll give anything. Yeah, but can I? I'll give my ATS pick because it's just going to be ch- sure. Yeah, give your okay. ATS pick. That's fair. I'll take Iowa plus the twenty-four. <laughs> that okay? Uh, I mean, man, I'm not going to not. Come on, Hawks, we just need a field I've goal. I've seen both of these teams <laughs> play Nebraska, who's not good. I'll tell you right now, hands up, not good team. Really, Iowa's not good. They are not good. That team is not. I've seen Michigan. That that team is good. That is a conference <laughs> champion, college football playoff, New Year's six team. Iowa's offense is newsflash. If you want to Michigan- tell me, I mean, come on. I was just want to say newsflash. Comparing Michigan to Iowa, a good team. Well, that's what we have to do. They're playing team. each other. <laughs> No, I mean, you can't say there's a lot of people out there that are going to be like, oh, well, I was won 10 games. If they haven't been watching Iowa or following their stats, they're going to see this line and be like, that doesn't make the any sense. The whole fucking country has been watching them because these dipshits can't find anything else to write about on a Tuesday afternoon. And they got to throw out some bullshit facts like just leave us alone. All right. God, listen, fucking down. I'm just trying to picture Michigan's elite athletes on the defensive side of the ball rotating three deep and Deacon Hill being the one to try and beat them. Their over-under is like six and a half. They don't think Iowa's going to score the whole game. Not only that, but you take away their biggest scoring threat and their punt returner and defense in Cooper DeGene. So give me me Michigan. I'm not going to give you a pick, but give me Michigan. I like them in this spot, obviously. Uh, I think they're going to win the game, and I think it's going to be very similar to 2021 where it'll be close for a while because Iowa's play style is so slow. And then it'll just go the way it goes. I, I really want to play devil's advocate for you, JP, and and stand up and give Iowa. A chance I don't need your here. fuck. I don't need your here handouts. Comes the butt. Just do here your comes thing. The butt. I don't need your handouts. I don't need your handouts. I, I'm trying to be reasonable. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to coddle me. You don't have to baby Iowa, me. Have to spoon Iowa feed can me. play. Fine. All right. Iowa can play the conservative game all they want. They can try to keep the ball out of. Uh, Michigan's hands, but the fact of the matter is, is what does Iowa do that keeps games close? They don't turn the ball over. However, I really think that they're going to get Deacon Hill in a very uncomfortable situation where he's not, we know he's not going to move in the pocket. Uh, I think he can get away with some of the throws that he's been making against these West teams, whether they're just fastballs where nobody can catch it or he just, he's going to have to do one of two things. He's going to have to get the ball out a lot quicker, or he's going to have to take some sacks and just that I think is their best option. Just take the negative yardage, resort to your punt, rely on the defense. Um, For me, I just, I look at offense and how many yards can LaShawn Williams get is the biggest question. Like Michigan's defensive line is just, so damn good. I mean, 
Henderson was able to get yards last week, but Henderson's kind of been finding his own. I think the Iowa offensive line is a much bigger downgrade compared to Ohio State's offensive line. I think, yeah. I mean, you look at you look at the receiving and and what's the new what's the the third stringer JP tight end Stelianos. Yep, Stelianos. He's your X factor outside of the run game. Obviously, I I don't trust Nico Regani to to make any plays. I'm sorry. So. Actually, um, they they had another guy, JP, that had some success last week. I want to say his number was three. Brown, Caleb Brown. He got. He'll be back. He'll be back. He, he did, left yeah. that Nebraska game early. So I it just can Michigan take advantage of the short field opportunities that they get, and that might just be two turnovers. That might be all they they have a chance to do. I like the over. Uh, both of these teams, it was 27 to 14 when they played in Kinnick last year. It was 42 to six when they played in Indianapolis last. I think when they played Ohio State last year um, for Iowa, it was, what was it, JP? I don't know, 40, 50, 50 something to seven or it something. It was a lot I, to little. So, yeah, I, but it, it would have covered 25. And it's so. not a shit on Iowa party. It's only because they're in this game. The entire Big Ten West, we'd be saying the exact same thing we're saying about Iowa. They're just the team that came out of it. I'm hey, and interested. I said I said I would rather win the West and get embarrassed in the Big Ten title than to not win the West. I did say that. Here's here's my thing is with Ferentz's comments. Number one, it's it's Brian Ferentz's second to final game at Iowa, and Kirk was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if we kind of messed up the college football playoff world?" Well, Kirk, as stubborn as you are, do you really have a different game plan? Like, I'm really curious to know if you're actually going to make mix up. He's going to retire. <laughs> That's which is whatever, but at least go out on a limb. Maybe I don't know. Go for on fourth down a couple they, of different times they, and just they ran some trick plays last time they were in this game. They just they overthrew it on a halfback pass, missed him in the end zone, then they missed field goal on that first drive, if you remember, and then it was over. It was downhill immediately from there. Michigan did the same. Um we're we're running long on time. <laughs> we got a couple more things. Do you, you guys are both going Michigan ATS at yeah. 23 and a half. I do, sure. I'll yep. go Reese. Reese. Yeah. I'm also going to go Michigan. You're, you're, you're a <laughs> sick, sick puppy. If you are betting on this Iowa team to try and score points, like you are a sick puppy. If you're going to put money on Beacon Hill in this offensive score over, I don't know, seven points in this game, you're a sick dog, dude. You need to get help. Here's my devil's advocate. Now, JP, I will say I think Penn State's defense might be the best out of the East. So for them to score zero might be an outlier. Maybe Iowa can get us seven or ten points. I think the linebackers for Penn State are the fastest in the country. So there's it's, your advocate. I, I'll jump into my preview like Parks is saying. Um, I'll jump into more of it. I just it's one of those games, man. Uh, we're in that situation where it's we're on the back end of a season that's been turbulent. We got to make changes. I think everybody knows that. You're not going to make them this week. I'm sure they'll throw, pull different things out of the hat, but I don't know if it'll change too much. But that's it for our conference championship previews. Let's jump into our best bets for the conference championship week, though. And a dog's dog. Have a little bit of announcement on the dog's dog. How about Parks is your champion on dog's dog? He had, let's check here, seven outright wins. Totally in plus 32 points. He now has won three different titles within the play of the fight song. And I, it's just money universe. How you feeling? I mean, it had to have been good to get on that heater. Just another day. Uh, just what I do. I know ball. 
then that's why you listen. And yes. uh, these guys, they're hopefully picking up on a few things, you know, maybe sit back, open notepad. You know, I just, yeah. I just know ball. I mean, Shaver may be the knower of most. I'm the knower of all. And yeah. that's why I win these game, these games, whatever you want to call them. And yeah. that's, it is what it is, man. Hey, it's, we are, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I'll jump to the ATS board where Jake wins at 28 and 17 is the record. Reese loses by a game after leading the last couple of weeks, 27 and 18. I was 25 and 20 parks. You were uh, the only one sub 500. So you still know Raval over there. I should have just taken all the underdogs. I only know <laughs> underdogs. I should have know of all other things. Yeah. All, I, one I trick only for all the credit and none of the blame. That's, there that's you fact. go. In fact, but congratulations to Jake, man. You needed a what? Did you go four and one on that board. And you needed Reese to have a losing week, and he did. Door opened. Can we absolutely can we acknowledge? Can we, Ohio State. Can we acknowledge the entire ATS board last week? Because I will never do anything like that ever again. Yeah, thirteen uh, one and one is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> thirteen one and one. I think I was in second. I had ten wins. Like was it wasn't like yeah. It's disgusting. It, it was just we stupid. All, we all had a push because we we all had a push Ole on Miss. Ole Miss minus ten. Ole Miss, yeah, ten, yeah. Which is why I really don't like having round numbers. I like putting the hook in there, but that one I just left. I don't know. We, we all would have lost, so yeah. I think we'd rather have the push. Yeah. Correct. We're all yeah, good correct. With that. All right. Yeah. Correct. Perfect. Let's roll into dogs. Dog though with our picks. Parks, you're the champion. You won it again this year. You're on a little bit of a heater. I know you kind of gave hints at it. If not, give it away. How about you go right now though? Yeah, I did give it away, but. I'm going to let Reese take the reins as the champion. You got to pass the hat <laughs> passing the hat. Reese, tell these guys what the best play of the week is and who the correct dog to pick is. It's absolutely Alabama plus the five and a half. I mentioned it before. What a dumbass I'd be to go against Nick Saban. Uh, yeah. George is looking phenomenal. I've bet on Georgia in all the big spots this year and they've treated me, treated me well, but I got to go with Alabama. You're going to give me points. Nick Saban has a dog. Give me Alabama. Last two. Last time these two teams played in this game, this was the same situation. Alabama wins. They both get into the playoff, play again in the national title. Georgia wins. Schaefer, up to you. They both are on Alabama plus the five and a half. I think yours is a group of five game, no? Yep, it's a group of five game, and you can save me the spread because you can just give me the money line outright. Give me Appalachian State this weekend. Scary, scary play. Good call. It's a hell of a play. Take a team that's red hot against the team to – and a two Big and balls. pick to win that conference. Big balls. I'll game. take I'll take SMU plus a five and a half. I would have taken him at three and a half or whatever the Rollins was before Stone's injury came out and he's not gonna play. The better defense in SMU. I, I know we were just talking about how good Tulane is defensively. This SMU team has been better defensively throughout the year. Pratt's good, been sporadic throughout the year. I think they still find ways to make plays and Rhett Lashley have the boys ready to roll. Willie Fritz, is he leaving? I don't know. Maybe it's starting to get some heads over there. One guy signed an extension. The other one's on some name boards. That's all I got to say on that one. So I'll take SMU. These are just for fun. Again, we have our champions through the regular season for ATS as well as Dog's Dog. How about best bet? We didn't track this one throughout the year because we just wanted to talk about it. Um, let's lead off with Parks again here. Your best bet is? Yeah, and this, I promise you, has nothing to do with my fandom. Just as a general advocate for college football and seeing what I've seen, you're coming. You're, I'm going to take Michigan minus the 24, 23. I don't care what you get. I'd take 30. This is a team that's come off of battles. I mean, Penn State, Ohio State, without their head coach. Now they might not get him back. I've heard rumors that all these things, but let's say he is on the sideline. This is a team that's here to make a statement to roll into the college football playoff, the highest of highs. I think 
this is a 38 to three best case scenario game and they would cover they're they're going to cover so give me michigan minus the 24 whatever number you can get take it i they're just too hot right now and they don't want to slow anything down especially with the return of their head coach jake for you your best bet is i am changing mine than the Ooh. one you guys are looking at in the notes after okay. more consideration and talking about it. My dog's dog. He, he got scared. He got worried about it. It's a fact. <laughs> I'm going to take Florida State minus the two and a half. That's I think point. it's destiny for this game. Everybody's on Louisville. I am all over Florida State. I think this team is way more talented at just more than just the quarterback position. Jake, I don't know. I know you say you're a Big Ten expert, but that Jeff Brom, he's a dirty little bastard. He will shock you. His teams will shock you. Hey, he Reese. hasn't shot. He hasn't shocked me this year. Well, I'm going against what's been my best bet uh, like through the last four weeks. I'm taking the over in an Iowa game. We're going over 35 and a half with the Iowa Michigan game. I think if you can give me one touchdown, one touchdown is all you need out of Iowa, and I think this over can hit. I'm not worried about that. So give me the over in this one. I like that as well because I do think it's a situation again. Not to get too far into my preview. I think if Harbaugh's here, he's just going to try to pile it on like he did last time they played just to show the world a big middle finger, you know? Uh, and then a, hopefully a big they get question mark, JP. A big what? question mark you got to touch on in your preview. Dude, I was kicking games. Not very good. No, it's been brutal. It's the first time it's been bad, and I have no idea how long. We'll yeah, that little that. shit cost me the over last week. What a joke. Yeah, he's he's been what rough, a joke. I think. Barron's had a talk in his presser today. Big, talking about it. It was a drop the big touchdown. shit cost you. The drop touchdown and the two well, block kicks. No, what cost you was a touchdown. Yeah, touchdown Deacon Hill needs to be a middle reliever, dude. That motherfucker's built like one, and he throws heat. That boy's a fridge. That boy's a fridge, dude. <laughs> to my best bet here, I'm going to go with Washington and Oregon under 66 and a half. Here's my reasoning here. I think I think Washington defense has gotten better. I think Oregon now understands that they, if they're going to roll the dice, we can't play this. Let's get in a shootout situation, even if they do trust their defense. Maybe Washington stays slow down on offense, um, not necessarily in what they're trying to do, but maybe they just don't hit a stride quite like they had um, earlier in the year. And then Oregon-wise, again, maybe they just lean on the run a little bit more. Maybe they slow the game down. Maybe they roll the dice a little bit on fourth and one and extend drives to keep the ball away from Washington. So I think that number's a little bit high for the situation. If it goes over, it's going to be a hell of a game. I'm going to have a ton of fun. If it goes under, like I'm thinking, I'm not saying there's going to be 35, 40 points scored. I'm just thinking in the 50s here for this one. So that's my best bet on that one. Thank you guys so much for uh, jumping into this. We're going to try to get this on YouTube um, throughout the week. And then the rest of our episodes, we're going to try to do a live stream here in the near future. Next week is going to be awards. We'll preview the college football playoff. Those will be announced at that point. Certain bowl games. And then these are going to be different kinds of episodes throughout the whole bowl season. It's going to be a ton of fun. We'll jump into things. Maybe we'll have some guys uh, send us questions or listeners or anything like that. But it's been a ton of fun. Anybody have anything to add? Yeah. Anything to add anywhere? Um, Any suggestions for conference title week? What's your go-to? Like Before we head out, anybody have anything to add? I mean, just kind of enjoy it. Especially enjoy enjoy the last conference championship weekend of the four team playoff. This is easily the most anticipated conference championship weekend I think since the modern college football playoff has been started. So don't don't tell tell your girlfriend you've got plans. If your buddies want to do something, they better be good friends and just come over and sit on the couch and watch the games with you. I better be watching football. You're, you're yeah, you don't want to miss this one. Jake, Friday I got a flip flop situation for you. 
Ooh, it, it, we are entering office Christmas party season. We are. Oh. And Mine's not Friday night, I have the old ball and chains Christmas party for work. Okay, Friday night's fine. But Friday night, this is Pac-12. I know, I know, I know. Seven to midnight. Oh, seven to midnight? Hard to say no to that one with the old family there too, you know? Yeah, and that that is tough. But hey, here's what happens. This is college football, and this is bigger. You know how long I've been cheering or watching your Christmas party? I have never once thought about it. (laughs) So find me with my phone in my hand at minimum, and I will take the screams. If it's going to midnight, it's got to have like a bar cart or something. So it can't be that uptight. It's yeah, a place. Mine. It's a design center. The city so I live that, in, design center, which means they ain't got no damn that TVs. Means. No, that's probably they ain't got no so damn. Maybe TVs. one of them frame TVs. You got one of them frame it's TVs. Alice and Wonderland themed. I'm more lucky. I'm the I mad. I need to be a bunny. Pull a magic rabbit out of my ass. I mean, it's gonna be my iPhone 15 Max. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the game. Hey, appreciate you guys all tuning in. It's going to be a ton of fun. Like Schaefer said, tune in. It's going to be the last weekend of college football. As you know it, the last conference title games as we know and has the, how they're currently laid out. Appreciate you. Follow us on all our socials as scrolling across the bottom here. Thank you. We love you all. Schaefer, take us away. What?